back to the Pinstripe Podcast. I'm Scott. I'll be your host today, doing it solo again. Lexi has a ton of work. But let's get right into the week we saw from the Yankees. It was a good week. A very good, bad week. (laughs) What I mean by that is, for those who don't know, the Yankees got hit hard with COVID-19 contact tracing, COVID-19 injuries in general. We had Loisica, Cortez, and Peralta all go down, I think, last week. And then this week, we had Judge, Urshela, and Higashioka all add to that list. We had all that on the COVID list, Luke Voigt. Again, out with a knee injury. We didn't look like we would have had much of a team going into these games, and especially going into a Red Sox series, which is terrifying. Game one got postponed because of rain. Technically, game two, we played as we should have played, really. We lost four to nothing, and I'm going to be honest with the team we put out there, what we had, the only like, you know, we didn't have have a ton going for us. Like, we had Gittins, Ambergie, and then we even would have LaCastro go in. I think this is the one he got hurt, went and pulled his and hurt his ACL, and, you know, he's going to be out for the year. And so we hit a very hard point of basically everything falling off. So many injuries came at us so quickly that we just got impacted so much. The one thing that was bad, though, is we did get limited three hits, but the Red Sox only got limited to five. So we actually, throughout this entire week, saw, I'd say, pretty average to good pitching from everybody um, on the team, even people who we really don't normally see. Um, So the Monty game went six innings, three earned, four Ks, two walks. But again, as I said, only five hits were allowed. It was just we didn't have an offense offense rolling for us. Gittins was in the lineup for Voigt, who, as I said, with the knee injury. Gittins has been doing only okay, but at the same time, we don't have anybody else to put out there. Um, Ambergie went and started, and then he got hurt as well, and he was pulled later for Greg Allen, who I'll be going over in a little bit, but everybody loves Greg Allen. He is now the rookie, uh, not the rookie, but he's going to be the MVP, 100% calling it. Um, Hoy Park came in uh, for La Castro as, uh, at, at the later part of the game, so we saw a lot of, um, a lot of youth in that lineup that day and really throughout the rest of the week we saw a ton of youth game two we ended up winning three to one this this was uh, a little bit a little wild because it was crazy rain this is a cold game it was a crazy crazy rain it was awful it never called it though um gary and glaber Back-to-back homers, which gave us huge lead. Cole did a great job 
Um, pitching only let up one run, six innings, one earned, eleven Ks. I love the 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 emotion that Cole has, and I love how he's both how he, he's showing that he is still a very very good pitcher. I mean, people have doubted it with how he's pitched in other games, and I mean that happens. That happens. Um, but he's still our ace, and he's still playing like our ace. And again, in this one, this sorry, this one we saw Greg Allen be able to go and do his first start, and he went one for three on the day, only with two Ks. So okay, he played okay, but we'll see later him really expand to the player that we need. So it was a shortened game, and Cole technically went the whole game. But Yankees get the win. Offense was a little more active, as I said, Glaber and Gary back-to-back dingers. And then the final game of the series. This is the one that is is a bit weird. This is where we really start to go in. I'm pretty sure this is the one, if I'm right, this is the one LeCastro went towards ACL going back for a ball on the wall. So he gets taken out um, last game. And he's hurt, so we just have a ton of injuries. Our injured list is ever-expanding. And we're seeing another good game by Tyone. Tyone went out there and has really changed completely from what we had him earlier in the year. Five and a third, zero earned, three Ks. So not a lot of Ks. Five hits the Red Sox had all day, but... That's all we need from Tyone. I mean, zero earned is you can't be happier. And as I said, nine to one is a huge victory. Torres, Odor, Ryan Lemaire came in, which, um, you know, as a backup, again, we're throwing him in there, really not expecting anything. All homered. They all had a big part. And this was a good thing. Our offense is expanding and our offense is doing very well, even with some of these top players not being in. We also saw Odor get bounced around a lot this past week of where he is. So he's been playing second, of course. But where he is in the lineup, at the end of the line, at the beginning of the lineup, He's been getting tossed around everywhere because I, I, I guess they just really haven't found his spot. But Odor in this Red Sox game went two for three with a walk and two RBIs. And so then they bump him up. Greg Allen went and one for two. He was batting 500 this whole time. You can't ask for anything more out of a kid than somebody batting 500. We also saw Lemaire with a stolen base. Greg Allen with a stolen base. You're seeing a lot from these from from these young kids. They're doing so well. Well, I can't say young kids, including Lemaire. Lemaire's old, but not starters. These kid, these people who are in minor league. These people who are kind of coming up and changing how we work. We see Greg Allen extremely fast, extremely aggressive on the base on the base path. Esteban Florial comes up later this week. He's aggressive on the base paths. 
and we're actually having some kind of a threat for speed. And in this game, as I said, we had Tyone start. We also see Green, Britain, uh, Lutke, and Chapman all pitch. Britain went only two-thirds of an inning with two Ks, two walks, and one earned. And we got some issues with Mr. Zach Britton. But that closes out the Red Sox series. And, you know, again, great series win, especially against a team that we were sucking against. So terrible. Good to see a turnaround. Now we go into a Phillies series with a ton of a, a ton of momentum. And again, this is with a team that is relatively young, relatively new to their position. This is where the lineup kind of starts getting a little weird. DJ was supposed to start. DJ got scratched at the last moment with the snubbick bug. So Brett Gardner goes, takes his position. Um, Rob Brantley goes and gets thrown over at first, who's a, a backup catcher now. Got activated after uh, Higashioka went down with uh, the COVID injury. So we were really kind of thrown all over the place. As I said, Gardner was leading off. We had Odor batting three. And then right after Torres at the five spot, it went Rob Brantley, Greg Allen, Estevan Florial, and Tyler Wade, who was playing third. So we were real messed up, and it looked like we were really going to fall off by that bottom of the order who was young and inexperienced. But Greg Allen is the best player. Again, one for two with two walks. One of them being a triple really shows that speed. Again, stolen base by Allen. So Greg Allen last two two games, he had two stolen bases. And we're seeing this speed and this aggressiveness. I actually really like that bottom of the order of Allen, Florial, and Wade. Three kids who could all who can all run. Three three people who can go and really play anywhere. I mean, especially especially Tyler Wade, we've we've already seen, has been able to play anywhere. He's played almost every position on the field. But I love the speed. I love the youth. I love how they're going and bringing this different perspective into the game. And it was a huge six to four win. But again, we used a lot of our lineup. Armand went only four innings, uh, let let up two. But then we went Sesa, Lutgidge, Green, Britton, and Chapman. Britton again, one earned in one inning. Again, don't like it. We're going to talk about that again a little as the next game. But again, the past two days, we used... Lutke, Green, Britton, and Chapman. That was two days in a row we used them. Sesa was not really used, but he went one and a third. And went 29 pitches, which then leads us to Wednesday's game. Wednesday's game, for those who don't know, I was able to go to, and it was so much fun. If you didn't know that, you can go and, and see the results on our Instagram at pinstripe.podcast. It was a game that going into it, I was like, wow, I get to see the AAA Yankees play. I'm going to be honest. I don't know how to say our starting pitcher's name. It was like Asher 
would you have i don't even want to pronounce it would you have ah i'm you see i'm having a lot of trouble with it but this is a guy that went and you know i wasn't expecting much going into it um he was he's been a pitcher we've seen every once in a while he was you know somebody who who I really wasn't expecting any, literally anything out of being his first appearance of the year, having known nothing about him. I was not expecting literally anything. But he really surprised me. He went four innings, three hits, two earned, one home run. The one was a first pitch home, first pitch home run to Gene Segura. I didn't even get to see that one. I was literally just getting in the stadium for that. Um, And that's a tough beginning, but he really did fight through it. Four Ks, again, four innings, only two earned. It was very good, and those first two were only in the the first and the third. He also dropped, I think, I think Harper dropped a double. But... The, the lineup we had was was wild. Again, top looking normal. DJ, Stanton, now Odor, Torres, Gardner, and then we got Allen, Wade, and then Floreal. These bottom three, as I said, are honestly my favorite. I was more excited to go and see these bottom three play than the top five. And it really paid off like that. Offensively, we looked good. We looked really good. Not a ton of strikeouts we saw. 10 Ks as a team for the Phillies. We only had eight. The Yankees only had eight. Of course, it happens. I also didn't... I also liked seeing really not a lot of double plays either. We really didn't have a ton of those, which, again, amazing to see. And Greg Allen is the fastest person that we have on the team Esteban Florial also extremely aggressive on the base paths love to see it he went and he technically stole on two different pitches he stole once it was a foul ball he made it would have been easily into second if it wasn't a foul ball and he didn't even realize it so he was running hard and he won to get to second and then he stole again and so that really shows something that this team probably never had a sign for this team probably hasn't had a steal sign forever um so you know having that and especially having Wade in there as well adding even more speed it looked great I mean the only big thing was the eighth inning and again I'm gonna get in that in a second but Asher start as a starter I said he does he does okay for somebody who really hasn't played a ton I think he did really well Albert Abreu came in after him, went through one and two-thirds, walked two, struck out one. Justin Wilson came in, pitched an inning and a third, one walk, and then Zach Britton in. Zach Britton came in uh, for only a third of an inning, walked two, allowed three uh, runs, two of them were earned. And that was the big letdown. And then, for some reason, we brought in Nick Nelson to finish off the inning that Zach Britton couldn't get through. 
I was clueless, but he let one hit and two walks with one K. So that was a rough inning. That was all the eighth inning. And that was a rough inning to watch. That was a very rough inning to watch. But going and actually seeing Nick Nelson go and be able to complete an inning, especially after what we saw from Zach Britton really all this week, um, I really, I actually kind of restored a little, a little tiny bit, a little, very little tiny bit of faith in him. But also, as you probably realize with all the names that I just said, we really didn't have much of a bullpen. Albert Breu, Justin Wilson, really are people, names that you don't hear a lot. Um, Zach Brit, uh, I mean, Zach Britton, as I said, really not doing too well. It's questionable that they threw him. Nick Nelson, why are you throwing Nick Nelson in a relief position? We get to the ninth. Um, we get to, we really, I, I skipped the seventh inning, which was a key inning, and it was huge. We had an Odor homer to, to right, which exploded the crowd, first of all. Second of all, it brings that sass, it brings that emotion, and it brings that drive to the Yankees. Because Torres hit a homer earlier, and it was kind of just like a little a little dropper over the over the right field fence. It really wasn't too far over, and it really nobody not a lot of people were expecting it to go over. But this one from Odor was second row. He launched it. And it, it was it was a huge turnaround for us offensively. And it really changed everything around. And so we go and we're in a tie game because um, the Phillies score two in early. They score one off the home run, one off a double. The Yankees score two, one off of a Torres home run, and one off of a single by Greg Allen, or sorry, double by Greg Allen into left center, which scored Gardner. And that was, again, Greg Allen doing an amazing job. Going back to him. Sorry about that. Going back to him. He only went one for four, but he had a um, 500 on base. And again, he's grabbed a bag as well. He's playing well for us. And, and you know, he's doing well in the field. He's speed that we need. Him, Floriel, and Wade all took a bag this game. And that's something that we have never seen from this team. But going back to that, going back to how all the scoring happens. So Allen then doubles. Stanton goes um, and single to score Floriel. Then Odor's homer. Odor's homer brought it to 5-2. to two, And then we have that rough eighth inning, which then led to it being tied. Tied going to top nine. We put in Chapman, which again is extremely questionable because then you're what are you going to do the next inning? Because you put Chapman in. Chapman really only pitches an inning. He only ever pitches an inning. And they put him in. He gets out of the top of the ninth. And you're banking on the top of your order to go and be able to go and score in the bottom of the ninth. I think it was direct top. I think it was DJ Stanton and then Odor. They are unable to succeed. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, they weren't able to succeed. Odor was able to go and get a walk or be able to go and, and get on. Um, 
Or it might have been Stanton. I'm blanking out right now. Um, but they were able to go and get out of the inning, which, you know, is a real letdown. Oh, sorry. Yes. So what happened was it was actually Floreal and then Top. So Floreal then grounded out on a tough play to second. Segura made a good play um, going to his left, uh, like kind of laid out, slid for it kind of thing. And that was a good play over there. DJ then hits a dribbler right back to the pitcher. And it's just slow enough for nobody to be able to get him. Stanton then goes and singles to right, which is misplayed by the right fielder and gives him an extra bag. So it's second and third, bottom nine, one out. Odor then grounds out to first. They throw it home to get DJ. And so you have first and third, and Sanchez pops out. So, so close. Runners in scoring position problem again, especially in that situation where... Honestly, Odor, all you have to do is put the ball in the air. All you need to do. And Sanchez, really not... I I was saying, like, Sanchez is not somebody that you go and can get just a single out of. You have to get a... You get a long single out of him. Going into the top of the 10th, the Yankees pull in Brooks Kriske. Never heard of this kid. High number again. We saw a high number from him. Um, Of course, um... Our, our starting pitcher, who I don't want to say again, high number there. And it's it, I'm concerned because, again, this is a pitcher I never heard of. He went and did a great job. He went was able to get Torres, Williams, and Segura all to go down and was able to get a clean inning. And then it leads, leads to the 10th where we have um, Gary at second, which, again, concerned me. Um, then Glaber's up, and Glaber's somebody you're not expecting to sack bunt. He sacks bunt, gets Gary over to third, and Brett Gardner's supposed to be up. We pinch, hit him. Ryan Lemaire comes in, first pitch, drops one into far right field over the right fielder's head, scores Gary. A great game to win, a great game to end on going into a Boston series. It gives me a ton of hope for what we're going to see. I like what we're seeing from these newer kids. Um, I think even a game where we have a ton of substitutes, we're not playing with our A team. We are still able to pull out a win, and we still played good baseball all around except for Zach Britton. Um, But yeah, great week going into it. We're going to be going now into a Red Sox series. This one up in Fenway. There's going to be a lot of tension, I think. I think there's going to be a lot of tension because of what happened during the Red Sox series, which if you didn't know, some fan went and threw a ball at Alex Verdugo in left field. There's a whole thing there. And I think that it kind of kicks up the rivalry a bit. I think especially with them taking the last series, um, the Yankees finally coming off of a sweep which we never saw. Uh, We'll have Monty versus Huck today, which is going to be a bit thrilling, a bit interesting. Um, Game two, we have Cole coming back up. Um, So, you know, it's going to be a good week. 
It's going to be a good, tight, tough week. And I'm, I'm, I'm interested and excited to see what's going to come out of this. But going around the league, I'll go nice and quick, make sure I can get it all in. Starting off, Blue Jays are approved now to go back to Canada starting July 30th. So they had their last game just this past, I think yesterday, it'll be technically Wednesday night, they had their last game in Buffalo. And so they had a big goodbye to all the fans because, you know, it's interesting. That's going to be a location that not a lot of people are able to get to. I mean, if you're a Blue Jays fan, you live in Buffalo, you're not going to be able to go to many Blue Jays home games. And so that was a good opportunity there. I mean, that felt like their home, although it did very much feel like a, a little league field. Not little league, minor league field. It did still kind of, I started to adapt that that was their home field. Uh, we saw Jake Cronenworth go and hit for the cycle. Jake Cronenworth kind of has been a guy that is a bit underwhelmed and, and, and I think doesn't get enough attention on the Padres. Of course, there's Tatis, and of course, there's Machado. But I think Cronenworth has really shown himself as a good player and a good utility to that team, especially as, as somebody that, like, again, we've talked about um, when we talked about Cedric Mullins. Sorry, I forgot his name for a second. Um, but, like, he's not some guy that a lot of people focus on. Of course, he'll focus on number one, Tatis. Number two, probably going and being Machado. And Jake Cronenworth is at number three that people probably really haven't looked at. And he's kind of uh, come up as 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 this, this tough player for him. And he's been doing really well. Um, Nick Castellanos had a son, Liam was actually really interesting. He his son went and drew this picture of his dad and Nick Castellanos went and put it on a shirt and is selling it in Great American Ballpark, which is the Reds. And it's really good. All the processes are going to charity. And I think that's really cool. Honestly, I don't think anybody would have thought Nick Castellanos would have done something like that because Nick Castellanos, I think everybody just would have thought that he would have been like um screw uh rob manfred would be the shirt but like you know he's a good guy <laughs> we saw the downfall of the mets um we saw that the mets gave up six runs in they were up the mets were up six runs in the eighth and then the Pirates went and came down, came back and ended up winning with a walk-off Grand Slam. And then the next night, there was a dribbler down the third baseline. And um, whoever the, the Mets pitcher was, I forget off the top of my head. Um, he went and played it at, and thought it was foul and played it foul. And so him and the entire rest of the Mets just kind of laid off and didn't go for the ball, but it was called fair and three pirates scored. So I'm pretty sure we're going to be seeing the downfall of the Mets. Um, 
We also saw Lucas Giolito have a complete game, which, again, is pretty cool. I think that any kind of complete game is pretty cool, and it's the second complete game of the season, the second complete game against the Astros, as we just talked about last week with Garrett Cole doing it. Alex Reyes is set a new major league record, a rookie uh, for the Cardinals. He has went and converted all 24 save opportunities to begin his career, which is the most save, like consecutive saves in the save opportunities that you can have. And, I mean, that's so cool to see kind of, again, the youngsters kind of pulling up. And even for the Cardinals, like a team that really doesn't get a ton of attention except for Aaron Otto, they're doing, having some good kids in there, and it's going and, and looking real good. Um, Juan Soto went and had the best week that you could possibly have, especially after the All-Star break. Um, this will, this, this, um, tweet by the Washington Nationals will kind of show you how much they really think about it. They tweeted, the home run derby will miss your swing, like, like making fun of it. Um, in the past seven days through 23 at bats, Juan Soto has five home runs. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, saying he's had 16 all year. Five of them just came from six games. I think I agree with you, uh, na- uh, Nationals Twitters. Uh, we saw um, Drew Robinson, for those who don't remember, uh, was a player in the San Francisco Giants organization who went and lost his eye in a suicide attempt. And he went and was playing for them. And, I mean, again, a story you can't really hate this guy. He's decided to retire. He's decided to retire and go and play and work for the the Giants front office. And he'll become a mental health health advocate for them. And I think that this is really a great story. I mean, going and seeing experiences go and change your life and him still being able to go and, and be with baseball. People would have thought it had been cool if he went and was able to go and play for the Giants. I think that would have been really cool too. But, you know, things happen, the organization. I mean, I can't imagine that they really had too much of a heads up for it. Um, But I think that that's really cool what he's doing. Speaking of retirement, bit different of a retirement. Yerman Mercedes, the whatever, May, like player of the month, basically. Everybody wanted to be Yerman Mercedes, has announced his retirement. So after going and his whole incident with a 3-0 count um, a while ago, he went and eventually wasn't hitting well enough and got bumped down to AAA, where he was doing pretty well. He was like batting like 300, um, but has just decided to call it quits, which is pretty weird, pretty interesting. Um, you know, it's I think that that's probably a big thing of image-wise. I mean, 
especially if you're in the White Sox organization. Him and the manager not getting along probably doesn't help him at all. And so I think he might have saw that. And I mean, this kid's been playing for two years. He's played in the majors for two years, I should say. And he's young. He's 28. He really probably had a, a future, possibly, with another team. But he decides to call it quits. And so to go kind of off baseball, but, you know, people who are recovering. Let's start off with Chris Sale. Um, thank God he's still in the minors. But right now he just threw 3.2 scoreless innings with 6Ks in his first debut. Ah, uh, God. Um, yeah, I'm really not ready to see him. Um, especially if, if like he's had a long recovery, and I think this is really doing him well. Another person recovering. Mike Trout finally seen on the field. He's going and doing workouts, you know, pregame, things like that. Not doing a ton, but it's good to see him out and on the major league field. Um, and then... Again, somebody we saw on the major league field, this one for the Yankees. Severino, we haven't seen on the major league field yet, but we have seen in the minor leagues kind of getting workouts in. And he had a baby. He had his child. It's great to see that. Um, I haven't gotten Lexi's opinion on it. I'm really curious if she thinks that the child thing still attaches here. If it lasts long enough for him when he recovers. I mean, there's a lot of questions that I have for her about it. But, you know, congratulations to Mr. Severino. But, yeah, that is about it for the week. We saw a great week from the Yankees. Only dropped the one game to the Red Sox. And then picked up two more. Picked up two and the sweep against the Phillies. And I think that... You know, it's a pretty good sign going into the week. I mean, we have a very tough matchup. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good contest for these young players. Um, I think this actually gives us a best shot um, getting runners in scoring position. The Red Sox are not really known for their catching arms. And so if we go and get enough opportunity to go and get Floreal, Greg Allen, Tyler Wade on, I think that we might be seeing them go and take off a few more times. Um, I mean, Christian Vasquez is their catcher, but not really somebody known as a huge threat behind the plate. And I think this is a great opportunity the the Yankees have can go can, uh, to go and possibly grab a few bags, go and get runners in scoring position, get that top of the lineup in a good spot. And pitching-wise, it's really just, they're doing well. They're keeping numbers down. And it's just when our offense decides to go and produce. But, yeah, we'll see how this next week turns out. We'll see how this rivalry turns out, if it's going to start turning around the second half of the year. Because we hit 50 wins as a team, we're still 7-2 and two against the Red Sox, which... You know, I understand the Red Sox are a very good team this year, but you got to start taking these wins. Um, we have turned it around, as I said, 50 wins. We're only seven games back from first. Um, we're in third. We're two games up from Toronto. 
We are quite a ways away from Tampa Bay, but in a spot that we are right now, probably looking for the end of the year, probably be more of a wild card spot right now. But you never know. You never know. Tampa Bay is 57 and 39. We're 50 and 44. That's really only a few games of us winning and them losing to really go and cut that deficit real close. But we'll see how this week goes. We have a tough series this week. We just need to get through the, through that, make sure everything goes well. But as for me this week, if you want to go and catch up on any other lineups, news, um, we've been trying to get final scores in. Um, if we go to games, which I don't think we will be anymore, it's going to be tough. Um, go ahead and follow us on our Instagram, pinstripe.podcast. You can go and see everything. You know, interact with us, interact with this podcast, wherever you're listening to, share it, subscribe, tell your buddy about it, you know, do your thing. Um, But yeah, for this week of the Pinstripe Podcast, it's been Scott. Bye. Bye.